Good morning again. Uh, we've been doing, uh, going through Advent, so we started with hope, and that was just after uh, Thanksgiving, we went through hope, peace, joy, well, there we go, that's what we went through, now peace. And we went through these four, and today is the Christ candle, and uh, our greenery is really getting brownery. <laughs> and so just imagine that it's lit because we don't want a fire this morning, okay? And, uh, and so this morning we're going to talk about Jesus, and that's my favorite topic anyway. I love to talk about Jesus. But as we get started, um, some things popped into my mind this week. Um, I'm going to go way back in the 1900s. Okay, so none of us probably were alive when this originally took place. I know I wasn't, okay? So, Peter, I was like negative 22 when this is happening. So, Peter was like negative 57, okay? But years ago, in 1938, there was a radio program. And it's taking place in New York City, and it happened on October 30th, uh, 1938. And uh, it was so realistic, it was just a book, basically, that he was retelling. And it was so realistic that people all over the world that were listening to it went outside to see the aliens that were attacking and he had taken uh, an H.G. Wells story, and Orson, he had taken this and retold it by putting cities in places that were right around them. And all the people thought that the War of the Worlds was taking place in Grove City, New Jersey. And now, if you look it up, uh, I can remember when I was younger, my parents and my grandmother would say, oh, this scared all these people. But if you look at it now and you read up on it, there's stories on this on YouTube and they say, well, most people kind of threw this, this, most people didn't even know about it. It wasn't that big of a deal. But the people there, yes, it did. It affected them so much so they, there's interviews of people that were on the on um, working. Golly, what were they called? This is back in the 1900s, and I can't think of the term. Um, operators, okay. So telephone operators said the switchboards lit up and they did not stop. They wanted to know if what they were seeing outside were the aliens that have landed. And so there was just massive confusion that took place. Near that time, a few years later, uh, there was one of my favorite routines ever. Uh, I loved this. Um, if you guys have ever seen, I mean, it's, it's funny today to even look up the original Who's On First by Abbott and Costello. I mean, if you look that up even later today, 
you'll find yourself laughing because it's just mass confusion. And they're just saying typical words, and you're like, no, who's the name? Who is his name? And you're trying to help him as you're listening to it or watching it, and you're like, you're trying to help them. Have you guys ever been in one of those situations where there's been a slight miscommunication that's taking place, and you know what you're saying, and the person that's listening thinks they know what you're saying, but it's two different things altogether, okay? That happened a lot with me. My mom loved the radio. Now, I don't know if you've seen some of these on YouTube, but when people get lyrics wrong, you know what I'm talking about? And they mess the lyrics up. My mom's favorite song when I was growing up was called My Sweet Georgia. She loved this song. But the bad part is, is there's no song called My Sweet Georgia. The song is, My Eyes Adored You. Okay? And I remember riding in the car with her one day, and she's singing, My Sweet Georgia. I'm like, Mom, what are you singing? I love this song. It's so pretty. I said, that's not what they're saying. And so she's like, oh, oh. And she'd always mess up lyrics and stuff. I love when that kind of thing happens. Uh, matter of fact, Dave Locke, you guys all, most of you guys know Dave Locke. He's one of my best friends. We play golf almost every week together. And purposely, we try to do that to one another. Bring up topics and talk about something and carry on an entire conversation where one of us is saying one thing and the other one's saying the other thing, and we're both co totally confused and neither one of us knows what's... And we do it purposely for the other two guys that are standing there playing golf with us. Drives them crazy. So we, I want to look at some of... Uh, well, I don't know what... Uh, okay, I'll just tell you. The first song that was sang today as we came in, Mary, did you know? Okay. Now today, Justin's back here, and Justin's working on the lyrics, and typically Billy is working on the lyrics, and Billy and I would be standing back there as whoever is singing the song, and we're going, duh, yeah, she knew. Of course she knew. She had an angel come and tell her. How dumb is this song? And we sit there and we talk about it. Until I started looking at the scriptures this week. And it's like, wait. Maybe it's one of those situations where, yeah, duh, Mary should have known. But it didn't connect. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning with Jesus is how sometimes things just don't connect. And so the first thing I want you want to look at, I think it's uh, in Luke. So we've got four main gospels for the book of, for the Bible. And Luke and Matthew kind of follow the same type storyline, if you're looking. And they start at the birth of Jesus. And then you've got the book of John, 
which he was like, wait, if you're going to start telling the story of Jesus, you got to start at the beginning because that's when he was around, the beginning. So John starts at the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Starts right off of the beginning. Mark, he gets started in the ministry. So when Jesus starts getting into his ministry, basically that's the first thing you hear from Mark. So you've got three different storylines for four books. Does that make sense? So the book of Luke has it like this. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. This is Gabriel talking to Mary. And of course, Mary immediately is like, wow, can this be so? And he's like, well, it's going to be so. And so this is where all of this comes from. And so you've got this. And so that's, I was always really confused with, did they not know what was said in the book of Matthew? Have you guys ever wondered about this? Okay, let's go to the book of Matthew. This is what the angel says there. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, I'm a little confused here. You're going to name him Jesus. You're going to name him Emmanuel. They're two different names. There's massive confusion taking place here, and the angels can't even get it right. And so I started reading it, and look, Emmanuel just flat out means, when you translate it, God with us. Oh, wait. And Jesus means Yahweh saves. Jesus' name in the New Testament time period would have been pronounced Yeshua. You guys, there may be somebody in here that has that exact same name whether you realize it or not, they didn't say the J sound. So if I have, is there anybody in here named Joshua? That's, that name, Joshua, means the Lord saves. So that's where you get Jesus, the Lord saves. And Emmanuel, God, is with us. Holy smoke, so it wraps up both of them. Yeah. You don't get hung up on the specific name there. And so as I was sitting there link, looking at it and thinking about it, I thought, who better to look at when you're trying to understand what Jesus is saying than Jesus' words himself, Right? So the first words that are ever spoken by Jesus in any of the Gospels take place in Luke chapter 2. So we'll go to that. And it says very clearly, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. So they're going down there, down there to hang out, to celebrate Passover every year. And Jesus was 12 years old. This is where you see the first words ever spoken by Jesus in the Bible. They went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. 
And Joseph and his mother did not know it. About, but supposing him to have been in the company of the rest of their group that was walking down there, they sought among all their relatives and acquaintances, where's Jesus? And they didn't find him. They kept looking. And so they went back to Jerusalem. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. So, you've got Joseph and Mary, and they're very upset with their son. He, this was the first not-home-alone movie that was taking place. Okay? And so, Home Alone came after this. And so they stole the story of Jesus who wasn't home alone when he was, should have been, uh, whatever. He got left. He got left. And so they saw him and they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? got to be about my father's business. Now, when I read that, first thing I thought of was Jesus, Mary and Joseph went down there to celebrate Passover, but Jesus is doing something. He, there's a misunderstanding taking place here. They're going down for Passover, and he's on a business trip. You got it? There's, there's, they're messed up here right now. They don't know what one another's doing. And then look at the next verse, and this will answer the question. Did Mary know? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. She didn't know. She knew because we know that she talked to Gabriel earlier. So it's one of those things where you sort of have the head knowledge. Now, I'm sure there's some people in here that are like that, that you know what I'm talking about. You were that straight-A student in college that would quote everything that was in the book but had no idea what it was really saying. Are you with me? Some of you are giggling because you know someone like that, or that's you. You, you can quote everything that is in there, but you don't know what it really means. Right? Why are you looking at me like that? That's not me. I'm just the opposite. I'm the other way of an idiot, okay? I could probably tell you how it works, but I can't give you any book knowledge on it, okay? I'm the one that drives down the road and pulls out in front of somebody. And if I've ever done it, I'm sorry. You see me yelling, and you think, the pastor's yelling here. But what I'm saying is, I'm the idiot. I know I'm the idiot. My fault. I'm the idiot. I'm the idiot. I know I'm the idiot, okay? 
But I usually can figure out how it works. I can tell you how it works. I just don't know why it's doing it like that. Okay? And so that's why my wife and I make a pretty good team together. She's a straight-A student. Are you with me now? And I'm that straight... What's the other letter? C. C student. That was me. So that's the last you hear. You pretty much, that's, that's all you ever hear of Jesus. For 18 years, there's nothing. He says, he says to his parents, I'm on a business trip. Don't you know, I got to be about my father's business. That's why I'm here. To be about my father's business. And so a lot of people will tell you why Jesus came to earth. And he tells you in one statement. He's here to be about his father's business. You got it? And that will help you connect the other things that Jesus does. Like say, well, Jesus healed a lot of people. Yes. But was that his focus? Or was it just sort of something he did on the side? Because in one of his early healing stories, I think this is in Mark. Is that what my next one is? Oh, yeah, let's go to Mark here. And so he said to them one day, Let's go to the next towns. This is in the first chapter of Mark. So Mark gets right down into the business of Jesus' ministry. Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. He's got to do some preaching. Now a leper came up to him and implored him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, that's the next verse, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus heals the leper. And it goes on, and it gets into chapter 2. So take me all the way to chapter 2, Justin. Just keep clicking. You're good. Leprosy was cleansed. Yeah, there we go. And then he goes to the town of Capernaum. Okay? So he's getting to the town of Capernaum. This was kind of his main hangout area. He loved the town of Capernaum. And so he's in Capernaum. And he's there hanging out, and he went to this house, and he's kind of preaching to the people. And others heard that he was there. And they've heard that he's been doing some healing. Are you with me? So the crowds are gathering. They want to see him do miracles, okay? You know the way people are. I want to see something. Do a trick for me. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer any room to receive them. Not even near the door. It was just packed. People were everywhere. They are all over this house. Well, there's this guy, and he's paralytic, and he's crippled, and he wants to be healed. And so they're like, what are we going to do? Well, they look up, and they notice that you can't get into the door. So they said, let's go to the roof. And they cut a hole in the roof, and they lowered their buddy down. This is where everything really starts going crazy for Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith, and he he was amazed that they were willing just to lower him 
down right there in the room, and he looks at the guy, the guy that's laying there, and he says, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, back up. Everybody back up right now in your minds. Why did they take him there? He was a what? Paralytic. They wanted him healed. They wanted him healed. Jesus was on a totally different wavelength. Totally different. And I know this is Christmas, and it's one of those days that we have every year. Do you know that we have Christmas every year? This is a shocker for people. But there's two days in the church. Two days. Okay? Christmas and Easter. And everybody comes to church on Christmas and Easter. Okay? That's not a problem. It's just the way that we have been raised forever. It's okay to skip any other Sunday. But you don't skip, say it with me, Christmas and Easter. So much so that way back in the old days, my favorite preacher, G.W. Bowles, actually had a name for those people. He would call them Creasters. We have to be prepared for the creasters that are coming. And I said, the creasters are just humans that need to hear about Jesus just like everybody else. And he says, that's right. That's right. You're exactly right. And he had a passion for those people. And all, of, all the people, sort of like Jesus did. But have you ever noticed how Sometimes we show up at church, or sometimes people show up at church. It's none of us, quite obviously, okay? None of us here. But many times people will show up to church because they want something healed in their life. Are you with me? An addiction problem. Their marriage is not going well. They want something healed in their life. And the weird part is, is that's the way we look at it, but the way that Jesus would look at it is your sins are forgiven. What? Can't you just heal me? I want to be able to communicate to my wife again. Your sins are forgiven. Wait, wait. You're talking about me here. Yes. Your sins are forgiven. I, I'm not even talking about that. I want my withered arm healed. I want my withered leg healed. But something else is much worse with you. And you need your sins forgiven. And we don't get it. It's like who's on first. 
No, I just, I want my marriage, I want to be able to have my marriage again. No, your sins are forgiven. No, what's on second? I don't know. Third base. And the whole miscommunication takes place because we're thinking we need this, and Jesus is saying, I'm looking at you in your heart. And your sins need forgiven. And we pass it off. We pass it off. It's sort of like one year I can remember taking the kids when they were really young. And I took them to a toy shop. And I, I, I love this now because each one of my kids now do this thing that I used to do. And before Christmas, I would take each kid out shopping by themselves to do their shopping for their mother. And there's really a secret reason for this. There's a generation gap, and I don't know what toys they like or anything like that. But if I took Cassie out, and she's going to buy Ryan and Kyler's gift and Mommy's gift, as she's going, guess what I do? I find out what Cassie wants. And then I take Kyler to look for Ryan and Cassie, and I find out what? Kyler wanted, and the same thing with Ryan. You find out what they want along with, so I make sure everything's taken care of. There's ulterior motives here. Again, I was the C smart student, okay? And, and so we would, we would do this, but I can remember taking them because I took them to the toy shop because I wanted to know which bicycle they would want a really nice bicycle, okay? But before we could even get back to the bicycles, they've already named 30 things that they've got to have. It's like, no, don't you get it? I'm going to get you a bicycle. This is the one thing you've been begging for the entire time, and you aren't even thinking about a bicycle. Wait, all I want is my hand healed. And you're telling me at the back of the store is a guy that can save me from my sins? We're just like the little child. We want these things that don't matter when he can save us from our sins. Do you guys get that? It's so much deeper. He's about his father's business. He's about his father's business. 